0: I'm Molly O'Connor and I'm Sarah Connell Sanders and you're listening to Pop It. This is the podcast for popping questions, popping bottles,
1: and pop culture. I want to say I have received a critique from my person, my, my man friend. What was the critique? (laughs) And it was... Well, and it reminded me of this because I think it is now happening. He's like, for a little while there on the show, we were not popping enough bottles. Oh, true. He was like, like, listen. He's like, I'm a little disappointed. He's like, you should be having like a bottle of champagne every episode. Um, And now I think in this time of quarantine, there are so many bottles being popped.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. And you guys did the nicest thing, too. I had said to my friends, I was like, look, between the wedding and the quarantine and all the things that have happened this year, like, it's gonna be my birthday, but I really will be more stressed out if we make a thing out of it. I just want it to be low-key. And you guys did such a sweet job. <laughs> it was like, um, Molly delivered a bottle of champagne that she, I was gonna say corroborated, but that's not right. I did, yes, I corroborated. Conspired.
1: I actually, she conspired I stole with I robbed <laughs> It. I, no, I oh
0: dear! Not. But you conspired with my friend who lives on the west coast to mm-hmm. deliver it to me. I thought that was so sweet. And then yes. they did a Zoom happy birthday. And it was like twenty of my friends from different eras and different states, all attempting to sing at the same time, which is more difficult than it looks on Zoom. It well, it's there's
1: like lag. It's just like a whole situation. <laughs> at one point. I just stopped. I couldn't even do it anymore because I was like, I was cracking up and I was so distracted by our friend John Strader, our DJ friend John Strader, because he like, I, there was just so much going on. It's like one of those pictures where you're like, you see one thing that's funny and then a hundred other things are also funny. Well, I, I only got the clip that was the final
0: cut, but I was dying laughing, especially my friend Sean Terry. He's just like
1: such a ham. So what have you been popping? What have I been popping? I've been drinking Bloody Marys at all hours of the day. Me too. Did you
0: get a, a Bloody Mary delivery? I did it. I wish I did from Sean. Yeah, um, it was also a nice birthday surprise. Sean Woods, who is one of the owners of Dead Horse Hill, he did a no contact drop off of some of his homemade
1: Bloody Mary mix and it was so good. Yes, I have been drinking Bloody Marys. What else? Just like whatever's around. Honestly, that's been my like main like cocktail. I did invent. I was sad last weekend, or I think it was the weekend before. I didn't have any prosecco or champagne or anything, and I really wanted a mimosa. So I ended up making like a screwdriver and then just like topping it off with the orange vanilla polar seltzer. Oh, good call. It was delicious. It tasted very good. I said to my husband, I'm like, have I been too indulgent lately? And he's
0: like, Oh my god, if ever there was a time to let yourself be indulgent
1: you go right ahead sweetheart absolutely I think so too I think it's like I have been trying a little bit more lately just to have a little bit of more moderation I guess just because it's sort of settled in now but at the same yeah. time I don't know you know you just got to do what feels right Speaking of
0: moderation, you sent me this crazy article from The Cut Yes, about an extremist. Do you want to give like a little overview and then we'll link to the article? It was really it was great read.
1: Really, Yeah, it was really cool. Um, Sarah Weinman, who wrote it, is a wonderful writer of this type of sort of almost like archival mystery. And then, you know, journalism beyond that. But it starts out telling the story of this woman, Estelle Evans, who jumped off a bridge basically and goes into what brought her there which was a failed romance with a man who you know she had been having this like torrid love affair with and they were gonna get married and he had met her family and then he says oh sorry like i can't he basically cuts it off it evolves from there you're like well you know it's that's sad enough to begin with and it And it sort of does go into her background because she wasn't using her real name, which I think was very frequent in that era of New York, especially she was someone who wanted to work as a model. She's very beautiful. But it turns out that the man she was having an affair with, this guy Mike, turned out to be like a Jewish extremist to the point where he left the United States around the 1980s and moved back to Israel. And even in Israel was seen as extremely right wing. Yeah, and he's involved in all these scams. Like scams and like potential darker crime. (laughs) It was very fascinating. The man the guy's name was Mayer Kahane. I had never heard of him, but I had heard of like some of the trickle-down effects of things that he had been involved in.
0: The thing that shook me the most was at the end, you know, you look back at this woman's life, which was very short because of a very uh, abrupt romance with this gentleman, and she jumps off a bridge, you know, and they say shiksa's are for practice. Yep. Like that's the reflection on her life. And I have only recently learned the word shiksa because <laughs> that is what my husband's family jokingly calls me when I attempt to make matzo with flour or, you know, do You're doing other your best. I'm doing my best. But I thought that was really interesting. It also reminded me of the Netflix
1: series Unorthodox. Yes, I have heard wonderful things about that. Have you watched it?
0: Yes, I really enjoyed it. But again, it's about how even though you've got beautiful religious principles, when taken to an extreme,
1: nothing is ever good. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, So I'm making my boyfriend do... Well, I'm not making him. He's choosing to do Star Wars homework over this time. So he's we're watching all of the movies. And we just got to Rogue One the other day which is the movie that came out a few years ago that's not like within the, any of the trilogy pieces. It's just like it's a standalone movie. The story works on its own, but one of the things I was saying that I really love about that movie is that it gives the Rebellion, it's funny because I was like, yeah, the left, <laughs> the left of Star Wars world, the Rebellion, <laughs> um, almost like its own Dar- Darth Vader character. They parallel what the extreme is in the Rebellion, and it's really, really cool to see Because in a situation like a galactic war, like galactic warfare, of course there would be folks on both sides who are like that, right? Yes. I believe in incrementalism. I don't know if I believe like quaint incrementalism. I I think you can go bigger than that. But I know what you're saying. (laughs) Slow change is good change. Absolutely.
0: Or change readiness is important. So that's what this project I'm working on right now um, it's like a large scale writing project that's going to take six months and lots of research and interviews and everything. And it's focused on change readiness. So figuring out what everyone's entry point is, yep. because my entry point might be totally different than yours. And so when I say incremental change, I guess that's all relative to. Right.
1: That's fascinating. But that's been a really fun thing to do if you or someone you live with has not watched any of the Star Wars movies thats That's been very fun for me to like revisit, too, and sort of go in the order. I think you could do it with anything like that, though, too, like the Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. So that has been a lot of fun. I know it's not quite 10,000 hours, I'm sure, once you add up
0: all your Star Wars viewing, but <laughs> I've been reading Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers, yes. and he talks about... The 10,000 hour rule, which is like you can become an expert or a standout if you put 10,000 hours of work into something. And so I thought, like, what can I do with muscle memory every single day and become an expert at over this quarantine? And so I started French braiding my hair every single day. And I have gotten markedly better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They've been getting real, like, real nice and tight.
0: yes absolutely but it's wild I love the idea of seeing growth or seeing progress and I really have seen so much progress in in my French braiding skills so yeah pick something small and just attack it see it through I
1: want to go back to being able to touch my toes again even I think when I hit like 14 or 15 I don't know if it was a growth spurt or what happened I haven't been, I've like hardly ever been able to touch my toes, like as, from that age on. I don't know if it's like the proportions of my body. I think I have like tight hamstrings too. There was a while there when I was like doing yoga and doing all this stuff that I was doing where I was like good to go. So now I'm like, I should do that again. Should get back to touching my toes. I work at an arts magnet school and the
0: dance teacher has been doing stretching classes for the faculty on zoom so i did one on tuesday and i felt amazing afterwards
1: that's my favorite kind of workout as a workout that like incorporates flexibility and stretching that's why i love that class that i had gone to because it was all about it was like a yoga pilates sort of thing where it does it's like full body there's all different parts to it but then each like section of the body has a different like song <laughs> that you focus on it for i couldn't remember the last time i had spent 30 minutes stretching right know? And I think that's so
0: important to us right now because we're so stationary, like so much more than usual. Definitely. And as teachers, we're used to being on our feet all Mm -hmm. day long, like up and down and all around, you know, so. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which, did you see Reese Witherspoon's disastrous
1: dress giveaway? It's so funny. Like I read about something like that and I'm just like, okay, cool. And I sort of move on. And it's one of those things that you forget about until it goes wrong, right? (laughs) Right. I was like, oh, that's nice. Yep. (laughs) So she has this
0: connection to a dress company and they had planned to do like a small scale giveaway, but because she's such a huge star, all these news stations started to pick it up. Mm -hmm. So on the Today Show and a bunch of other things that have high traffic. I saw tweets about it. They ended up with like millions of entries. You know, there are three million teachers, most of whom are women in America. And then they only had 250 dresses to give away. So she ended up looking like... I don't even know.
1: I mean, like, it's still nice. It is, right. But, and she probably just, it's her, you know, she put her name on it. Right. It's a publicity thing, but right, it doesn't look good. So they were
0: calling it COVID washing. Have you heard that term? I haven't. Let's see. David Carroll, associate professor of media design at Parsons, called it COVID washing, spraying a thin layer of applicable to the pandemic over whatever it was that you were doing anyway to gain
1: traction at this time. Don't do this. It is funny because I hadn't I hadn't heard the phrase until today. We, we're seeing it right. Meanwhile, these
0: companies must be hemorrhaging money. You would think. I don't know what the right answer is.
1: I don't either. Oops! Oh, I just I just hit my microphone with my knee because we're here in our here in our home studio, our blanket forts. <laughs> we read a really interesting article about loving hot. Yeah. So can I say first of all, I had no idea. I didn't even know that Loving Hut was a chain.
0: Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that either. And then at some point, probably five years ago, I wrote about Loving Hut in my column. And the other one reached out and said, just so you know, like, these are franchises. We're not the same ownership. So the two Loving Huts in Worcester are
1: different. Oh, see, I I also assumed. So once I then found out that they are, that it is a chain, I then assumed that the two Loving Huts in Worcester were owned by the same person. That's fascinating. (laughs) It's more of a philosophy. You know, it's kind of gets back to the multi-level marketing that we were talking about last week. They all have different menus. The only criteria, right, is that the menu has to be vegan. Yep. That is sort of a cool idea as far as franchises go, right? Like the idea that you can put your per- your own spin on it. But then from there it gets kind of crazy. Well, and it's interesting.
0: The woman that founded it, her name is Ching Hai. And she's been called like the Buddhist Martha Stewart. And she also (laughs) has a jewelry line and a clothing line. And she's got all these, like, pseudo-religious philosophies and 500,000 followers. And I was like, oh, you know, I have been to Loving Hut. I wrote a review of it for Worcester Magazine a few years ago. And we actually went, my husband and I, with Mark and Morgan, who have both been guests on our podcast before. And we went, and I remember being, like, in awe of this big wall that says, Vegetarian and Vegan Elite. And there's a picture of Albert Einstein and Moby and Brad Pitt and Alicia Silverstone. And then there's this auspicious <laughs> heading that says they are intelligent. They are
1: brave. They are famous. They are beautiful. They are athletic. They are vegan. I, w- I have not. So I haven't eaten in a loving hut, And I was like tripping on those descriptions. And it's so funny because what you wrote, like about what you saw on the wall is identical to what, This article portrays, right? Yes. Like a picture of random people. Some confirmed, some not confirmed, like vegetarian or vegan. I'm not aware that Brad Pitt is vegetarian or vegan. Moby, definitely. Alicia Silverstone, for sure. (laughs) I love it. I think that it's so crazy and awesome. I just remember how weird...
0: The menu items were, like, the names of every dish. There was Pineapple Sea Mystery and Seaweed Delight. I want to know what that is.
1: What is Pineapple Sea Mystery? Is it SpongeBob's house? Oh, my. I Oh, I listened
0: to that podcast that you recommended called You're Wrong About.
1: Yes, they just did an episode that has been getting a lot of chatter.
0: The Marie Antoinette? Yes. I loved it. And I recommended it to a bunch of friends. I sent it out. She's a kid. Yeah, it reframes what you think of her in terms of being this elitist princess or queen.
1: She was a child who was just like... She's a kid. Go, goodbye. They're like, go see ya. See you later. Yeah, the most heartbreaking part for
0: me is like they pick a spot in the woods that marks where France and Austria meet. Mm -hmm. They make her change out of all of her Austrian clothing, and they take away anything Austrian so that she can become French. And that includes her little pug. Yep. Her little dog. It's devastating. (laughs) I actually watched the Sofia Coppola movie last night, and I just loved all the portrayals of food. Oh, my God. Talk about indulgence.
1: I was about to say it's so extravagant and pretty. It's Everything in that movie is, like, delicate and pretty, in pink and white. Yeah. I love I loved that movie. I that movie came out at a time in my life where I was like very into cinema. Mm-hmm. And like going to the movies, see every single thing that came out. And I was very in a Sophia at the time, I remember. And I went to see that in theaters with my mom and we left that movie and my mom was like, That was the coolest soundtrack ever. Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's like it's all like it's like it's cool, like eighties new waves and pop music. And like, and the strokes, it's just awesome. The way that she matches the contemporary feel with the very, very like ornate, royal, old timey looks. It's, it's very cool. My favorite part of the podcast was when
0: they talk about her shepherding phase. And in the movie, that, like, became a little bit more concrete for me. Yeah. But essentially, they built her a playhouse that looks like a peasant's house and has a little garden and a little farm. And they actually hire people to staff it and dress like old Sturbridge Village. I mean, the the timing doesn't quite line up for that, but, But like, like, anachronistic. what's the word? Anachronistic? Like when it's out of time? Yes. Yep. That was a vocab word. I used to assign my eighth graders. But That's a good word. (laughs) It's so strange. And she's playing. And then the more you think about it, like she went through this traumatic event as a 13-year-old. And so she's kind of like stuck in that
1: mindset. And she never got to play. I always think of Mariah Carey when I think of stuff like that. Because she is... Obviously, like an adult, she, I think she just turned 50, but she has had a lifelong obsession with butterflies. It's like names of her albums, names of songs, her fragrance, she, there are butterflies everywhere. And I remember my mom and I were talking about that one time. And we came to the conclusion, our, you know, armchair <laughs> psychologist that her, she married this record executive Tommy Mottola when she was like 20 and he kind of screwed her up. She was super young. But he was not. And so we concluded that her butterfly, her lifetime of butterflies, has to do with that like traumatic event from early in her adulthood.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty common. Right? People go through trauma in a certain period or time in their development, then they hang on to tendencies from that period
1: where they were supposed to develop coping skills or whatever. Absolutely. I don't know if you have got ever got to the year wrong about Twitter at all Mm-mm. but they retweeted someone googled the Marie the Marie Antoinette Lafayette cartoons that they talk about a little bit in the story and they are so funny there are pictures of these cartoons on there and they are like it's <laughs> basically like a man riding a penis as a horse <laughs> like but they are very
0: very silly 97.9 continues to play our show thank you so much and the producer manny was like you girls just need to make sure like you can't swear we're gonna play it on the radio and you know we could be fined or whatever but i wonder
1: if we are allowed to say i do too (laughs) it's a phallus but there's no other way to describe them it's just like they're so silly and weird and like such a thing like of a very very specific moment in time you know right but they're funny I will send you I will send you the the pictures they're they're very silly
0: oh well speaking of silly too I've been all (laughs) over that TikTok Molly
1: I joined TikTok the other day I'm very excited about it it's very fun
0: I apparently joined TikTok in like 2017 yeah I added you I had it used it in so long. It was like kids stayed after school and they're like, Miss, do you know about this new media? TikTok? And so I have Uh a video on there and it's just me like spinning around in my chair in my classroom.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's when it used to be called Musical.ly, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you posted it? I haven't posted any. I have to practice. The reason I joined TikTok is because so I was driving in my car on Easter to meet my mom for a social distance walk. And... I was like, oh, it's Easter, like, I was looking through my CDs, I was like, I should try to listen to Jesus Christ Superstar, (laughs) like, to listen to that on Easter every year. (laughs) And clearly, because part of it is that I think it's funny that churches do Jesus Christ Superstar, even though, like, the thesis of Jesus Christ Superstar is more or less, what if Judas did the right thing? It really explores, it explores, like, everyone's turmoil who's involved. Judas, Jesus... Pontius Pilate is like portrayed very sympathetically it's fascinating but I did not have that CD in my car a CD that I did have in my car was Joseph in the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat which is also based on a story from the book of Genesis so I was like this is close enough right like you know Christianity. I put that on and I realized that there's a song in it. It's like Jacob and son slash Joseph's coat. And this song goes through all the colors in Joseph's coat. And it's very long. And I know all of the colors in Joseph's coat. And I was like, I have to do a TikTok of this.
0: Oh, you do. You're going to start an entire
1: new genre of TikTok. Oh, yeah. It's going to be. I'm doing a musical theater TikTok. It's going to be so fun.
0: I would like to make a small aside and say that I did star in a production of Jesus Christ Superstar at Christ the King Church. And Jesus was played by Turtle Boy's little brother. That is fascinating. But my favorite TikToker His name is Evan Berger, and he does these Obama and Trump skits. He's a voice actor, so he, like, has nailed not only their voices, but their mannerisms. Mm -hmm. And he does, like, Obama and Trump have a sleepover. Obama and Trump play hide and seek. They are funny. Obama and Trump order takeout. And it's supposed to be, like, their
1: buddies. And oh, my God, it's hilarious. They're, like, buddies except for this Obama character he has is, like, clearly exasperated too he's like oh he's so annoyed he's like oh donald <laughs> i love it they are funny absolutely i oh the oh, joe jonas he has a great tiktok joe jonas and sophie turner are very good at tiktok if you guys are up on that highly recommend that reminds so tiktok reminds me of cameo and if you guys don't know what cameo is i read a really interesting article on it the other day sarah's husband actually used cameo couple years ago to invite his
0: best man. Best
1: man. Yeah. To ask his best man to be his best man. And it's this like service where essentially you can pay whatever amount of money is like designated by the person to get like a famous or semi-famous or like kind of niche person. My husband used the wrestler Bret Hart. Bret Hart. But Lindsay Lohan's on there for a slightly higher fee. Yes, for like two hundred dollars. But you could basically use it to like hire this person to give you like a thirty second video that is personalized. Like, hey, Sarah, it's Lindsay Lohan. I'm hearing Grace. Happy birthday. Um, <laughs> that was my Lindsay Lohan cameo for you. Thank you. Yeah. Now we just saved two hundred bucks. That's great. Yeah. And it's kind of fun though. Like I have some friends who got like Bethany Frankel from The Real Housewives to do one for his wife. They're fun and silly. But there was a really interesting piece on Vulture that was basically like Cameo was made for coronavirus. And it talked about how it talked about like the types of people who were already on there, like the ones that we kind of just discussed, like really niche people who are like sort of famous, but maybe just have a little more time than they used to or aren't like necessarily rich, even though they are known. So, like a lot of YouTubers, people who are just monetizing. But what has happened is like since all of these celebrities are so bored. And they have all this time on their hands and they like attention. Um, (laughs) A bunch of, like, you know, sort of like higher level famous, more, you know, more mainstream celebrities have joined it. So, like, Mandy Moore is on there and Jeff Probst, who's the host of Survivor and Busy Phillips. And they're all on there doing it for charity, which makes sense, right? Like, these are people who are really well off. They don't need like $40 from Cameo. And so what's cool, it just talks about how they are all aligned with different charity groups, but then it goes into the people who either already were there or have just joined who are, you know, they're in it for themselves. And it's just a fascinating look. It does talk about how Lindsay Lohan is charging like $200 for like a 16 second video, Caitlyn Jenner, whose net worth is in like the high millions (laughs) is Charging like $2,500. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Yeah. So it's it's just like it was sort of interesting to see who's doing what, you know. And how you value yourself. Yes, absolutely. And like I definitely think it's fair to value your own time and, you know, labor or whatever. But… I don't know, I just think it's fascinating, like, if you're someone who has the money or the lifestyle that certain people do, I think it's fascinating to then skim off the top and still, still get that money. Oh, definitely. And I was disappointed because I was because I was reading it and I got really excited that Jeff Probst was on there and he it said that he had capped his um, amounts at twenty dollars, like his charges at twenty dollars, because he wanted it to be accessible to people. Aww. And I was like, oh, awesome! My mom loves Survivor. I'm gonna get my mom a Jeff Probst <laughs> cameo for like quarantine. And then it said he's only doing it for frontline workers and children, which is fair. Yes. <laughs> But I was like, oh man. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's one of the people obviously who is working for charity and doing a lot of that. Oh, another thing, actually I just was reminded of it because I'm like looking at this article on cameo. Back to TikTok. Have you seen this new trend of people doing their makeup on TikTok to bits from John Mullaney's stand-up specials? It just
0: actually popped up in my news feed, but no, I have not watched any yet.
1: It is unbelievable. John Mulaney is like a gangly sort of, you know, square comedian. He's very, very funny. He's a genius. I think he's like the most brilliant stand-up working right now of this, of like his generation. And the new thing on TikTok is like these like beauty influencers and these like really, you know, these girls who are just like good at makeup. (laughs) are doing their makeup on TikTok to his stand-up routines. It's uh, so funny. So they're like mouthing what he says as they do their makeup. Yes. If you if you guys don't know a lot of a lot of TikTok is based on like mouthing along with whatever the audio is that you're doing it's a lot of like meme type stuff but yes it's so funny
0: oh you know what i heard about tiktok today yes <laughs> i'm such an old <laughs> that okay so i've been working on the renegade that's another hit. Yes, french braiding and the renegade every day it. even though i know the renegade has passed eh. but i still thought if i do it every day i'm gonna get faster and faster until finally i can keep up with the music well i found out they play it at half speed when they record it, and then it speeds it up. Oh, yes. So I've been trying to learn it so fast, and I'm like, how do they do it? They're not. I didn't doing know that. It. I knew that
1: that was like a feature. I knew that you could like speed up or slow down on TikTok. I did not know that that was happening. That's amazing. Yeah. Your t- you. So Sarah sent me her renegade practice video, and it intimidated me <sighs> out of trying. <laughs> i was like oh man i was Aww. like sarah looks so cool i can't do this i don't know about that but i yeah i continue to practice you
0: gotta oh uh, my favorite bright spot this week was my husband said sarah i think i found a movie you are going to love it was called good boys yeah it was produced by seth Rogen and evan goldberg and so they obviously are the people behind Superbad, but this is like Superbad with 12-year-olds. And I know it got terrible reviews. Everyone was like, <laughs> Superbad Junior. But I, I thought it was genius because for me, it was this commentary that kids are growing up so fast because of the internet. Yep. And so you have all this dialogue written for 17-year-olds coming out of the mouths of babes. And it's
1: just, oh, I thought it was so clever. I really loved yes, it. I really want to see it. It also stars Jacob Tremblay, who was like multi award nominated for his performance in the movie Room. So he's like a prestige kid. Then he played the main character in, like, the, in the adaptation of Wonder, I think too. And so I, I love the idea of him who like he's played like a lot of really serious roles as a child actor. I love the idea of him like letting loose. Going crazy. What did you say
0: his name? Ja- Adam Jacob. Trumbly? Oh, Jacob Tremblay. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. He's, yes. he's okay. so
1: he's a lovely kid. Some people. Something that people don't realize about Superbad though is that he, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg started writing that movie when they were thirteen, which is wild. So I feel like this is almost like this is almost like that coming full circle, right? Yeah, totally. I watched. Speaking of children, um, <laughs> Paddington Two the other night. It was delightful. I have not seen it. Most of you guys know Paddington. He's like that little bear. He loves marmalade. He wears a hat. So a few years ago, they made the first Paddington movie came out and people seemed to really like it. It was like a it was successful. It's just very cute. And in in, in the movies, he's like a real bear. He's not a teddy bear. He's an actual bear from Peru. And the first movie was very cute. It was just, you know, it's like it's an adorable little British thing. And then Paddington 2 came out. I think it was. 2018, so maybe two years ago. And what happened with Paddington Two is people saw it and they were like, "This is the greatest movie I've ever seen," <laughs> and it turned into this like phenomenon of like, of like serious film critics being like, "No, you don't understand. Like this movie is incredible. It's so good." And I really wanted to see it because for because I liked the first one. Um, I thought it was adorable, but also because it stars my favorite person ever, Hugh Grant. My heart song he is featured in this film, and he got nominated for a bunch of awards. He got nominated for a BAFTA, which is a British a British Oscar for this movie. And I was like, I gotta see it. What? For 2? too? Yes. <laughs> um, and people, like, wanted him to get nominated for an Oscar. He plays the villain, and he's, he really, he his performance is excellent, um, I have to say. But it was lovely. I highly recommend it, even if you haven't seen the first one. If you are feeling, you know... <sighs> like the way people are right now anxious nervous sad it was a it was a lovely little reprieve from that but yes i really loved it and it is the highest rated movie on rotten tomatoes wow that's typically
0: our gauge when we pay out a movie we look for what has the highest percent of critics and the populace whatever they call it
1: yeah like what's got a good consensus so and the reason that it, so it's at a 100 there are lots of movies that have like 100% on rotten tomatoes but part of it is the like the number of reviews that keep it that high. So it has like 238 reviews and it's still at 100%, which is wild. I'm taking all the recommendations. So if
0: anyone has any, feel free to let me know. Bob from So Far Sounds reached out with a really nice email this week Molly and he was like thank you too for continuing to podcast and that's why I was like oh we should do another one this week oh, so thank you Bob that is so nice yeah it was really sweet but he <laughs> recommended um Babylon Berlin and so I added that to my list yes and then my friend Gina, who is an amazing environmentalist among us. She has such an appreciation for nature and she's quarantining on Cape Cod. Oh, she is? Which makes me a little jealous. Yes. Yeah. She recommended Dark Waters. Mark Ruffalo's in she's, that, right?
1: Yeah. So cool.
0: And she was like, you know, there hasn't been a ton of promo for it. And I have to imagine there's like some big lobbyists behind that. But it's a really excellent film. And I watched it. It's all about Teflon and like nonstick pans and the factory in particular and how it caused a whole bunch of different types of cancer. And they had this enormous class action suit. But then afterward, I said to my husband, I'm like, oh, my God, we don't have any of those pans, do we? And he's like, Sarah, you just cooked dinner (laughs) in a nonstick
1: pan. And I was like, oh, my God. So, yeah, you should watch it. I love movies about class action lawsuits related to environmental harm caused by corporations. It's very Aaron Brockovich. It's one of my favorite genres. Yes, it also reminds me of um, a civil action which takes place in and was filmed here in Massachusetts, which is a true story. Yeah, a true story about Ashland, like the town of Ashland. There's like a few things happening. There was a tannery that wasn't disposing correctly. There was a grocery store, some kind of grocery store chain that was involved. But you could do a whole night of, <laughs> whole night of those movies. I always love them. Uh, a Civil Action. When I was a child, I was like really, really into John Travolta, and I'm talking like six years old. I wanted to marry John Travolta, and my grandparents found out that that movie, A Civil Action, was filming here. I like slept over their house one night and skipped school to like go find John Travolta oh on the God. set of a Civil Action, and we we never found him. Oh, I think that they thought. I think that they had like heard that. Like they were, they were going to be in a specific spot on a specific day and I don't remember exactly what happened because I was literally I believe I was in kindergarten um, or first grade like I was no older just than imagining first grade six year old Molly obsessed with John Travolta <laughs> oh, I was about that life I loved him I saw Phenomenon I sobbed for like two whole hours after But um, <laughs> and I just remember they like took me to Burger King after to be like well they're there <laughs>
0: Uh, well, okay,
1: no question, my movie-watching snack
0: of choice has been Garrett Popcorn. <laughs> we, Please tell everyone about your popcorn
1: situation. We have a giant
0: tin it. of popcorn. Those tri color those, like, tri-things, yeah. the tri-colored ones, so right? cheese oh, on I love one those. side and there's caramel on the other. So it's got two sides, this one. Oh, you only have the two? Yeah, I guess it's a Chicago thing, too, that you mix oh, them yeah, together. Oh, yeah, that is... Caramel and cheddar, absolutely And I was like, oh, no way. This is going to taste good together. But they do. They taste really good together. And it was a gift from Jeff Rapucci. There's like some Worcester mythology there. But the Worcester public market that opened, there was a concurrent project for a different public market that Jeff had been in charge of that fell through. And now he's working in Chicago, you know, doing big ah. things. But we've kept in touch. And he's especially close with my husband and his girlfriend Leah Wolf was a teacher at Worcester Academy and now she's at a prep school in Chicago but they were like we think you guys need
1: a little something special and
0: I was like oh my (laughs) god it's so good
1: um I always see the ones that have like the butter butter cheddar and caramel
0: I remember that from being a kid
1: yeah I always associate that with like Christmas I feel like it's a big thing for people to do around Christmas like you show up with one like a big giant tub of popcorn for
0: the Yankee Swap.
1: Yeah, or yeah, something like that. And everyone's like, "What's that big present?" Yep. I started watching Dead to Me finally. I love that show. Yes, I lit a, a fire under my butt though because I think the new season's coming like really soon. And I was like, "Oh, I should watch this. I love it so much." I have always loved. I know Christina Applegate is getting all the attention for it. She's like the big star, but I have always had felt an attachment to linda Cardellini, who is the other star of the show she was the star of freaks and geeks that's right she played Lindsay. we are the main character of freaks and geeks and i just have like a like a very serious affinity for her i feel like she's like in my family (laughs) like oh yeah linda linda john travolta yeah oh yeah but yeah it's really wonderful it's super dark and very funny and I think it's a it's a fine line to sort of walk I think that the actors do because it has to be it funny it is a dark comedy but then they're doing like they're talking about really serious stuff the two main characters meet at like a grief counseling group basically and it goes from there and it's hilarious it is it's a wonderful show the new season comes back let me see very soon May 3rd I highly recommend that as a, as a way to fill your time until the new season comes. If you have watched it, it is coming back very soon for you.
0: Well, my favorite show is about to come on. That would be the 5 o'clock press briefing. Yay! (laughs) I wrote about this in my column this week, and I was worried (laughs) that it wouldn't hit. But I, like, have not felt this compulsion to watch something live every day since Total Request Live. Oh, my God. And it just feels every day I'm like, oh, I want to be there, and I want the cultural relevance. Our city physician, he wears a different hat every single day. Dr. Hirsch.
1: Is your sway. Yes. Remember Sway? He used to wear those. I do. The hats, his hair, his hair covering. He's your sway. Uh, I and so I don't know. Maybe it's
0: because I don't see humans anymore. But I just yeah. I really enjoy it. And also, you know, for me, it means, oh, this is the last thing on my husband's agenda is to staff this yes. press conference. That means he's almost home.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love this though because since you said that, all I can think about is like relating all the people to TRL. Like Ed, is, Ed Carson. is Carson, absolutely. Maddie Castile, Vanessa Manillo, Vanessa Lachey. She started oh, that's out here, right? Yeah, I forgot about that. Vanessa was there. Who else? Lala. Okay, Maddie's <laughs> Lala. So I feel like she's a bit more prominent. Um, and then the mayor is Kudus. or Damien Fahey. Actually, probably more like Damien. I was really. I love. I love MTV personalities. <laughs> So it, my article is foolish,
0: given how serious things are right now. But I mentioned Hillary, Hillary Burton. Yes. Who ends up in One Tree Hill. Oh my God, she's started, started that too. Yeah. I yeah. I forgot about that. And I didn't know about Fordham University, where I ended up going for undergrad, except that they had this show called Want to Be a VJ. And they found her sitting on the bench outside of the Fordham campus. And they were like, hey, you're pretty and you must be smart. Like, would you like to be a part of the show? And I remember seeing that interview. And then when Fordham started recruiting me for swimming, I was like, never heard of him. And I'm like, wait, 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 wait. That's where Hillary the VJ went. And then I ended up
1: going on a recruiting trip. And I like had a wonderful experience. Oh, my God. Thanks, Hill. What a crazy, like, path for your <laughs> life to take, right? She did that. They She got on MTV. And I remember her on MTV. I used to think she... I loved her curly hair. And then, like, became a successful actress. <laughs> like, so wild. Damien Fahey, speaking of, he was one of the VJs. I think it was, like, around that time. He was, like, the, like, tall, cute white dude. He has some great content. If you guys follow his Instagram, it's just his name, but he has been doing this thing every day called Does Gaspacho Like It? Gaspacho is his cat. And so he holds up an object, like a random object that he finds in his house, and you can vote on whether you think Gaspacho will like it. And then he… And then he just like rubs it on Gaspacho's head and decides if he likes it or not. And it's just like really simple and silly. And he just does it like a couple times a day. But I have found great joy in it. What kind of things does Gaspacho like? Gaspacho doesn't like much, which is a point of contention. People are very upset that he doesn't. Damien does not seem to think that Gaspacho likes as much as the, the crowd at large does. Like DVDs uh-huh. or I see. hairbrushes, but like the like the not brush end. Just like strange things, remotes, phones, whatever he finds. That has been really, really funny. I have enjoyed that. All right. I have a date now with the mayor, the manager, and Dr. Hirsch. I have been Sarah. I have been Molly. Oh, wait. Sarah, tell us where we can watch the press conferences. Oh, um, I watch it on Facebook
0: through the cities. It's just uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. And then Mass Live also
1: posts from their official feed. Cool. Perfect. All right. Now you have been Sarah. I have been Sarah. I have been Molly.
0: And this is Poppet. Poppet.